Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Well, guys, we're in a series called Follow Me. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them out. I want you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. And it is Mother's Day, and so I thought it would be really great to give us a passage of Scripture that actually talks about a mother. And it has everything to do with being a follower of Jesus. Matter of fact, it has to do with the original followers of Jesus. And I'm going to read to you this passage, uh, and I want you to just be able to follow along with me, either in your own Bibles, if you have your Bible out, or your smartphone, or even on the bottom of the screen. But let's read this passage, and then uh, we'll, we'll make a, a comment about it. It says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, which were two disciples of Jesus, came to Jesus with their sons, bowing down and making a request of him, And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we are able. And he said to them, my cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, or the the people in the world, the non-Jews, lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus took this comment by a mom and turned it around into a teachable moment. I love this story. And don't you kind of understand where the mom's coming from? If you're a parent, even if you're not a mom, maybe you're even a dad, if you're a parent, you understand that you want the best for your kids. And maybe you're like me and you've been guilty that maybe you overstepped uh, the, the place that you were supposed to have with your kids. I can think of probably a dozen situations where my kids come home, they tell me a story, and before they know it, dad's on the phone. Before they know it, dad's like typing an email. And I, I tell you that I've probably caused my kids more trouble uh, than I was able to really help them solve by trying to get involved. What you're reading here in this passage is the very first snowplow parent, <laughs> the, very, the very first helicopter mom. And she does not want to see her boys not get what they deserve. She wants them to be Jesus's most important followers. And I, I, you know, 
there's just something about us as parents. We were watching this uh, nature show on Disney Plus this week. We've been watching all these uh, nature shows that Disney has released. And this one particular episode of the bears just really resonated with me. I, th- I think bears are, are so cute anyway, but uh, especially the little cubs. And there were these two little cubs and mama bear was taking care of them. But when the cubs were being threatened, the, the mama bear, I mean, she virtually gave her life against another bear that was trying to come in and steal one of her cubs, maybe even for lunch or dinner. And, and she put everything into fighting that male bear, even though she knew it may cost her her life. We, we kind of do that as parents because we don't want our kids to go through any kind of difficulty or any kind of trouble. But I, I wanna use this even as a side note in a teachable moment for us as parents. Sometimes it's healthy for our kids to go through difficulties and figure out how to solve that difficulty, uh, obviously with us praying for them, but not with, with us intervening and overstepping. Uh, I think that's a word for somebody that is watching, a parent maybe that's watching. Because uh, think about your own life. Sometimes the trouble that you went through actually became the greatest thing that could have ever happened to you. It grew you and it, you matured in the process. And uh, we need to allow our kids to be able to do the same thing, uh, to be able to mature in the process of the difficulties that they face. But here's what Jesus does. He kind of ices the the question at hand, like, can my boys be at your right hand and your left hand? And he, he kind of starts addressing the boys themselves. And most Bible scholars believe the first followers of Jesus were primarily older teenagers. That's kind of an eye-opening uh, reality as well. A lot of times I think we, we assume that they're middle-aged men, but these were probably older teenage boys that were Jesus's first followers. And so the mom is, is there and Jesus is looking at the boys saying, do you really know what you're asking? And they engage this conversation, but the other 10 become indignant that they got upset because here's what's happening with the first 12 disciples of Jesus who are followers of Jesus. They were trying to position themselves for greatness in the new regime that was coming into power. They really believed Jesus was bringing a new regime into Israel. And they wanted to be on Jesus's cabinet. They wanted to be part of the ruling class. They wanted to have all the perks and and all the benefits that come with being there in power. And, And Jesus just stopped him. And he realized that there was an attitude going on with his early followers that wasn't good. And that wasn't in alignment with the kingdom of God that he was trying to teach them about. And so as followers of Jesus... He wanted to make sure that they knew that the foremost challenge of being a follower is having the right attitude and making sure that you carry the same attitude as the one that you're following. And and I want to tell you that attitudes make all the difference in our lives. And what we hear in this little particular passage is the power of of the attitude of humility, the power of empowering others around your life, the power of stooping down so that somebody else can be lifted up. The, the kingdom of God is so, like, I, I 
don't want to say backwards. I think it's forwards. I think the world is backwards. But the kingdom of God, the way you elevate yourself in the kingdom of God is elevating other people above yourself. The apostle Paul, who obviously wasn't one of the original followers of Jesus, but became a follower of Jesus afterwards. He actually knew all the original followers of Jesus, had relationships with them. But he really captured the essence of this attitude that Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 20. And he writes this in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, it says, do, this is the Apostle Paul writing this, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Apostle Paul is saying that this humility that Jesus is teaching in Matthew 20 begins with an attitude shift. And the attitude shift is, no, I, I'm, I'm going to stop chasing my own greatness and elevating myself above everybody else. And I'm going to learn the principles that Jesus taught, and that is to put others before myself. In John chapter 13, we read that Jesus actually demonstrated this by bringing his disciples in to this meal that he was doing, and it was the last meal, and, and I mean, they were just all in awe, obviously, with Jesus, and then he does something so bizarre for them. The, the lowest position in the home was the foot washer. They were the, the people that basically were, were there to make sure that all the guests who had probably been barefoot most of the day, and if uh, on a best day, they probably had sandals, but walking miles and miles with, you know, on dirt uh, roadways. So you can imagine how dirty their feet were. So the foot washers would go in there and clean all their feet up as just a way to honor the guests. And, and so here we see Jesus in John chapter 13 saying, I'm going to wash your guys' feet. And he was at the head of the table. He was the honored guest. This was like a no-no within Jewish culture. You didn't do that. And so Peter being the one that speaks and then thinks about it later. Do you know Peter in your life? He, he stood up and he's like, no way, I'm not gonna let you do this. And Jesus said, if you don't allow me to do this, you're gonna have no part of my kingdom. And at that point, Peter says, then, you know, wash my whole body. In chapter 13, verse 13, it says, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus is displaying an attitude of stooping down to serve other people. Here's how I like to say it. You might want to write this down. The way to step up in your faith is to stoop down with your life. So if you want to step up in your faith, then you stoop down with your life. And the more that you stoop down, 
the more you're stepping up, the more you're stepping into the blessings that God wants to bring into your life, the more the kingdom he wants to release into your life. It's found in you humbling yourself, taking the attitude of a humble servant as Jesus was teaching these guys. I like to say it this way, a life centered on yourself makes for a very small, insignificant life. And, and when you start serving other people, when you, when you start elevating other people in your life, there is something that wakes up in your soul that makes you actually feel fully alive. And I believe God has hardwired into our souls this, this really this need to help other people. And when you're not stepping into that place, you kind of probably feel uh, insignificant, like your life doesn't have purpose or meaning. It's when you start serving other people, when you have this attitude that other people should be put before yourself is when this whole part of the inside of you wakes up and you become fully alive and the kingdom of God starts really moving uh, through your life. But here's the, the gist of this, and this is how it has to do with following Jesus, is that attitude is a choice. Just like I said at the beginning, that one of the, the, the main core values of our church is choosing joy. We realize that joy is something you choose, not something you necessarily feel. And whereas your feelings are right, or your feelings are real, but they aren't necessarily right, and you may have no control over your feelings, you have every bit of control over your attitude. And, and let's, just, let's just be honest with each other. In, in this pandemic, in this shelter-in-place season that we're all going through, a lot of us have had better days with our attitudes. Come on, let's be real with each other. Some of you, that bad attitude has been manifesting itself in your family. It's been manifesting itself in just, just how maybe you're, you're just treating yourself. It's just a bad attitude. And what we're learning in following Jesus is Jesus has given us a directive that if you really want to follow me, then you got to use me as your example and that you need to choose humility. You got to choose it just like you choose joy. Choose an attitude of humility. Now, we got to understand what humility is because we just kind of unpacked it from the Apostle Paul's perspective. But humility is, I like how Rick Warren said it. And humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I love that quote by Pastor Rick. It really is true. It's, it's learning how to kind of shut yourself off so that other people can be elevated uh, in their lives for the kingdom of God. So how do you think you're doing with humility? This is what I've realized with humility is the opposite of humility is pride. It's arrogance. And I don't think I've met one person that has ever really just called themselves out with pride and arrogance, uh, maybe because somebody else called them out on it. But pride and arrogance is something we can't really see in ourselves. It's, it's kind of in our blind spot. Uh, it's other people that kind of probably give us feedback to say, that was kind of arrogant, that's kind of prideful. Uh, but we can't really see it in the mirror when we're looking at ourselves. And, and humility 
is the opposite of that pride and that arrogance. So sometimes it's really hard to gauge how we're doing with this attitude of humility. And so I I want us to kind of take our temperature this morning uh, with this idea of humility to see kind of how we're doing uh, with this attitude that Jesus is telling us that we need to have as his followers. And so I I saw this years ago. It's kind of this comparison uh, of pride versus humility. And I'm going to put the slide up on the screen. And and just so that you can kind of maybe take your own temperature with how you're doing. It says, pride focuses on other Others' failures, it's self-righteous, overly critical, fault-finding, looks at their life through a telescope, but others with a microscope, looks down on those who aren't as spiritual or committed as they are, thinks they know who is truly proud and truly humble, thinks everyone is privileged to have them involved. I think that is such a a good kind of a, a check with people that kind of run in that category of being prideful. But here's what humility looks like. Realizes how far they fall short and have overwhelming, an overwhelming sense of their need to grow. Compassionate and forgiving. Looks for the best in others. Seeks to win people, not arguments. I love that. Realizes only God knows a person's true motives. Leaves the judgment of the heart in God's hands. Thinks they don't deserve the opportunities that God gives them. It's, it's something that, that as you think about humility uh, in, in this list and, and you, you think about how you're doing and, and maybe how you compare even to uh, what Jesus was demonstrating in John chapter 13, uh, it, it's humbling in a way. Uh, and, and if you kind of say like, I'm a humble guy, I think even like saying that you're a humble guy kind of disqualifies you from humility. I always thought it was funny that in the Bible, it says that Moses was the most humble person ever uh, to walk on the earth. And the irony of that verse in the Bible is it was written by Moses. So that's kind of a, a funny little Bible trivia thing. So isn't he kind of disqualified from saying that? But anyway, but humility is willing to admit flaws, is willing to be transparent and genuine. And let's just be honest, it really looks good on you. When you're humble, people are attracted to you. When you're kind of a prideful, arrogant person, people really don't go out of their way to hang out with you. They don't really want to listen to what you have to say to them. It's that genuine, transparent spirit that really draws people in to want to hear what you have to say. And this is what Jesus is getting after. And a matter of fact, if, if you walk in humility, the Bible says there's promises that walk with you. The first promise we read about right there in Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, right out the gate in Matthew chapter five. This is, he's going over what's uh, formerly called the Beatitudes. And this is what he says in verse three. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. So two of the promises that we want to cover is this idea of blessing and favor. And the word blessed there in the Greek language is literally translated happy. 
Some of you, you would love to feel more happy in your life. And Jesus is pronouncing to us that the way to happiness is really to be poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit is your ability to claim bankruptcy when it comes to you having life all dialed in and figured out. That means that you are completely dependent on God to run the show for your life. This, this is an attitude where you realize that, that Jesus is a, is a lot better manager for your life than you are. I used to laugh at that bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot. I, I don't think that is what we should be striving for. I, I think our, our striving should be that we need to make God our pilot. <laughs> we need to get out of that seat and let God lead our lives. But here's the problem with that is that so many of us are control freaks. We, we want to lead Jesus. We, we don't necessarily want Jesus to lead us. And if you are really to unleash the blessing of the kingdom, and he says theirs is the kingdom, that means that everything the kingdom offers is, is flowing through your life. There are no obstacles. See, pride and arrogance, it gets in the way and it acts as an obstacle against God releasing everything he wants to release in your life and over your life. And humility just lets heaven flow completely, just uh, unobstructed. And that's such a good word for us. And can I tell you something? Letting God lead your life can be very scary, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. It can make you feel very uncomfortable. But here's the danger. When we are leading the relationship, we get ourselves in all kinds of trouble. Can I give you a word to somebody that's watching this morning? I really felt that as I was praying uh, over the service. That somebody that's watching today, you're getting ahead of God. And most of the train wrecks that happen in our life, most, most of the, the hurts and headaches that happen against our life are self-inflicted because we get ahead of God. If you let God lead your life, it says that you are blessed, that, that you realize that God's a way better manager than I am in my own life. Here's the second thing that we're promised. We're promised favor. The word there is grace, really, but check this out. In James 4, verse 6, it says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is such a good word. There is favor that God wants to release upon our life. We already have the grace of salvation, but I believe there is even an extra scoop of grace that God wants to release into our life. Who wants an extra scoop of favor in their life? I want some. Give me an extra scoop, God. I want some. Here's how you get it. You humble yourself. It's right there in our Bibles. It's not rocket science here. You want more grace, more grace, more favor poured on your life? Hey, be humble. Have the attitude of humility, and this is going to be released in your life. The word favor is, is unmerited favor, and it's also translated, uh, this word grace here is translated power. So not only do you have this unmerited favor, you have this overcoming power in your life to help you in whatever situations that you're battling and going through. So as, as we kind of land this thought today, as we learn how to be a follower of Jesus, we learn how to have this attitude of humility. How do we grow? How do we develop this attitude? I'm gonna give you 
three points that we can kind of help you develop this attitude of humility in your life. Here's the first one. It's real simple. Hang out with Jesus. Hang out with Jesus. Here's what you need to know about attitudes. They're contagious. Attitudes are contagious. You don't need a pastor to tell you that. You get around somebody that's in a bad mood, I give you five minutes and you're gonna be feeling the bad mood that that person was in that you were around. And, and here's the reality, how God has wired us. He's wired us to be absorbers of our environments. Some of you haven't figured this out yet. You wonder why you struggle in certain environments. It's because God has created us to absorb our environment. And I believe the reason he did that is so that we could absorb him. But when we're not absorbing him, when we're not hanging out with him, guess what? Our absorbers are open to everything else that we're putting ourselves around. And this is why a lot of us have terrible attitudes. We're not hanging out with Jesus because here is what happens. When you hang out with Jesus, you're gonna absorb the same attitude that Jesus has, which is what? The attitude of humility. So when you hang out with Jesus, you're developing this attitude a lot better because he is the servant of all servants. And when you hang out with the servant of all servants, you're gonna learn how to become a better servant. So, so what we need to understand is how, how, how do we hang out with Jesus? Well, I think there's primarily three ways. It's really simple, if you think about it, is devotions. Devotions, when we you know, get alone with God, we open our Bibles, bring a notepad, throw in some worship music or whatever, find a quiet place like we talked about last week, the quietness, the solitude, and, and we just allow God to fill our souls up, just, just to let him uh, speak to our lives. And I, I think so many Christians look at devotions as a chore when really we should be looking at devotions as a gift because it's through the devotions that God really speaks to us and we really absorb his heart and, and not just for our own lives, but we start developing his heart for all the people that are around our lives that God is whispering to us to be able to help out and take care of. Uh, the other way that we do this is through relationships with other believers. And I know I sound kind of repetitious even from last week, but this is so important. You hang out with him by hanging out with other people that are hanging out with him. It's really good. So this is where life groups pop in because it's great that you're watching this on your television screen or your laptop or your iPhone or however you're watching this, but it's even better when you have conversations with other believers and they're able to see what's going on in your life and be able to help address those specific situations. I don't have that ability. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give me a word for you, but you, you need those relationships to encourage you and, and push you uh, to that next level of your faith and really help recalibrate you if your attitude's getting off. And you get around a bunch of people of God that have been hanging out with Jesus and they have that attitude, guess what? Those attitudes are very contagious. And you're going to find that people are bringing you closer to God too. Versus what happens when you don't have devotions? What happens when you don't hang out with those other people that have been hanging out with Jesus? And you start filling your whole life with media. Oh goodness. I, I can't stand press conferences. 
I can't, don't, don't let me watch another press conference. I'm just, I'm over those things. And they're really not telling me any information that's gonna uh, help me out to process what's going on. It's, it's really, matter of fact, it's really bringing me down. So I, I, have, I have caught myself in taking too much media. I've turned it off and I've actually intentionally woken up earlier so I have more alone time before my family wakes up so I can absorb more Jesus because I didn't like the headspace that I was getting in. I, let me just be honest. I'm being humble right now. I was getting in a funk. Your pastor, I was like, I don't like this headspace. I, I just, I'm, I'm feeling this heaviness. And I'm like, that man, I need to be the hope dealer, not the depressed giver. I, I need to like, change my attitude. And so how did I do that? I turned the media off, stopped listening to, I, I didn't need, I, I learned something too. Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know how you feel about his theology, but he, he was known to do a lot of miracles when he was alive. And one of the things that really impressed me about Smith Wigglesworth that I found out this last week, people would try to bring him the newspaper in the morning and he wouldn't let a newspaper in his house because he says, every time I read an article in the newspaper, it messes with my faith. Man, when I heard that about three weeks ago, man, that did something for me. I'm like, I need less media and more Jesus so that I can continue to have this attitude of humility that God wants me uh, to walk in. Let's move on to the second point, And that is look for opportunity to serve people. You wanna grow, you wanna develop this attitude of humility. You gotta be looking for the opportunity. You got to be like Mission Impossible when you go out to the grocery store, right? And, and instead of like running away and being scared of the people that, that turn the corner too sharply and get within your six feet little distance, instead of freaking out, maybe you start looking at those things as God moments. Maybe you start looking at them differently and say, maybe God wants me to be at this place with this person because God wants to do something for this person and he wants to use me as a conduit to do it. You know, so often I give you God stories in my own life to encourage you uh, to just step out in your own faith. But sometimes I hear a God story from one of you that encourages me to step out of my faith more. And I want to tell you Sean's story. Uh, he's my buddy at Atmosphere, and he was uh, sharing this this nudge that he had this last week to go to the ATM to pull out some cash. And as he was going to get some cash out, he felt the Holy Spirit say, get some extra cash out because when you go to the grocery store, I want you to hand out some cash to some people that you're gonna see at the grocery store. And so he was probably like most of us and questioning that word going, really God, you know, uh, I could use that money for myself. But he was obedient and he pulled out extra money. He had to wait behind a woman that was also getting money. He can kind of tell she was in little distress. But then he proceeded to get his cash and went to the grocery store. As he's shopping, as he's praying for his God moment to serve other people, lo and behold, that woman that he had just seen at the ATM was in the grocery store. And it looked like she was trying to figure out what she was gonna be able to afford to buy and what she wasn't gonna be able to buy. And he knew at that moment that that was a God wink for him. And he went up to her in, in, a, in a real, uh, I, I guess, uh, a non-confronting way so she didn't freak out and, and told her that God had put it on his heart to give her that money. Uh, and, and so she kind of questioned it and took it. Then he had extra and he's like, God, I feel like there's somebody else. And there was an older couple and they were shopping for somebody that was sheltered in place. And they were trying to figure out what this person would like. And he kind of overheard their conversation. He said, excuse me, really feel God wants me to give you this to help you guys out as you're shopping for this other person. And, and they were you know, hesitant at first, but then they accepted it. 
And, and then he goes, I was embarrassed. I didn't know what to do, what to say. And so I just kind of continued shopping for my own groceries. And then as I went up to the cash register, that the woman, the couple uh, said, there you are. I was just telling the store clerk about you and this person that came up to me gave you gave money. You never know. You'll never know what this means to me and what this means to us. And I'm not telling you this, the story as, as well as Sean would be able to tell you the story because he lived it. But when I heard him tell that story, I started thinking in my own life, how many opportunities am I passing up because I'm so focused on myself? Church, let me remind you that there are hurting people all around you. And if you just take a moment and you start paying attention to those people that God has purposely put around you, I believe more and more of us are gonna be walking in God stories like Sean experienced this last week. So good. Here's the third thing I, I wanna throw your way as we just, well, let me, let, me, let me back up before I give you that third point, because this is really good. Serving will keep you from swerving. That's a word for somebody that's watching this morning. Serving will keep you from swerving. Some of you, sin looks very tempting to you because you don't have active God stories moving in your life. When you start serving other people, there's a part of faith that awakens in you that you feel so confident, so powerful in Christ that there's no amount of sin that will tempt you when you're in that space. So just remember, the serving keeps you from swerving. Here's the third point, and that is express gratitude. It's a real simple concept. We talk about this all the time at Atmosphere. We gotta learn how to have a lifestyle of gratitude, to be thankful every day, continually give thanks to God, give thanks to other people. Because what happens when you're giving thanks you're recognizing the value that God has and that other people have for your life. You're recognizing that those people have been elevated over your life for purposes and, and you're, you're giving thanks for that. Because here's what happens when you stop giving thanks, this entitlement spirit kind of gets inside of you and you start taking for granted those things that are real blessings in your life like having Jesus lead your life. That's such a huge blessing. I, I wanna give you a challenge this week. I, I want you every day when you wake up, even before you, you pray and, and open the Bible, I want you to give God thanks for three things that he's done for your life actively. Three things every day. Just do that. Keep a journal and just write it down. But that active gratitude, will actually help your attitude. I, I love to say it this way. An attitude of gratitude impacts your altitude. It's so important for you to be grateful, not just to God, but to the people around your life. When's the last time you thanked your spouse? Working hard, taking care of you, serving you the way they have. When's the last time you thanked them for what they've done in your life? When's the last time you thanked your parents? It's Mother's Day. Come on. Thank your mom. When's the last time maybe you, you, you thank somebody that works with you, that works for you? Just, I really appreciate you. Because when you do that, you're cultivating an attitude of humility that, my friends, is 
moving you into a new place and platform of heaven for your life. And maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you haven't made that decision to say yes to following him. Mainly we're in the series because I really felt that there's some people that admire Jesus, but have really never stepped into following Jesus. And it's easy to admire him. It's a little bit more difficult to follow him because in following him, he's gonna lead you in places that may make you feel uncomfortable, that may cause you to, to grab some cash out of your ATM and, and go give it away to a stranger. But I'm telling you, there's no better life than the life of following Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you are gonna make your life better and you are gonna be better at life. Plain and simple truth. And so if you wanna say yes to following Jesus, would you just pray with me? And the rest of you, maybe you're already following Jesus, but maybe God's using this to just step you deeper into more maturely, into becoming better with your attitude of humility. Let's pray together. Father, I just pray for everybody that's tuned in this morning. I believe you have a word for everybody. It may be a different word for different people, but God, I know that there are people that attuned, that, that purposely tuned in today, that you've grabbed their attention. You say, hey, watch this church online. And you're calling them into a relationship with you. God, I pray for them. God, give them the courage to say yes. And while everyone is praying, if you're here, you're watching the service online and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I want you to just pray this prayer after me. This is where your journey with Jesus begins. Just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for my sin, for resurrecting from the dead so that heaven could come and live inside of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. For today, I give you my life and I become your follower. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.